Hello, sports fans. Welcome to Bold Sports. This is Steve. And Matt. We will be discussing all Pittsburgh sports from Steelers to Penguins and Pirates, with some talk on local colleges, and we may have a rare look at Whippeal. Tune in each week at Sorgatron Media for Bold Sports. Hey, folks. Welcome back to another episode of Bold Sports. Matt and I are here with you on this lovely Thursday evening. After we had some fun excitement in my neighborhood, well, you had fun excitement of different kind in your neighborhood. I I didn't have, I don't have any trees in my neighborhood, really, so (laughs) um, I didn't have any of that nature, although I I saw it coming down. Oh. I mean. I was in the shower getting ready for work, mm -hmm. and I'm getting out of the shower, and I hear the thunderbrammers going off, and then I'm like, all right, Uh, and then I'm getting out, as I'm getting out of the shower, the power went. Mm Mm-hmm. And Amanda's standing out there videoing. It's on Twitter, under her Twitter, the storm. And then also... How did I miss that? And then also, um, there's a picture of a tree that came down across the road and took out power wires in my neighborhood, three doors up, three houses up. Yeah, that's that's what I meant. Like, I drove fast. Yeah. Wait a minute, the sidewalk's all funny up ahead. Yeah. And it, it was not sidewalk, it was just debris. Yes. And then a little further, there's actual, like, sawhorses with yeah. the actual... And it looks like the sucker was across the street, and they had to come and it took power lines down. Take and everything. Chainsaw. Okay, yeah. So, um, so you had some issues here. There were some issues on both trolley lines, I think. Yeah, uh, blue line was shut. Yeah, uh, and then they were only running red line, uh, and so we had friends that were stuck downtown after work mm-hmm. and whatnot, and they ended up getting a red line home or waiting in line, squeezing in there like a sardine, I guess. Yeah, you know. But we are here at episode ninety-two. We're going to call this the uh, James Harrison, Jason Gilden, Jerry Olsaski. Jerry O, man. And then Rick Tockett, Tomas Falcone for the Pittsburgh sports guys that wore number 92. And, of course, the all-time great uh, Reverend Reggie White and Michael Strahan. Okay, I think we've talked about every one of those dudes on this show before except for Jerry Olsaski. Yes, I don't think he's ever come up. No. He was the man at Pitt. He? We used to have season tickets, and like he he was one of the guys that, that we used to go see at Pitt Stadium. Oh, yeah. When we were kids, man. Like, Jerry Olsavsky, like, so that was, you know, that was cool. I mean, you know, he was, like, the local connection. He wasn't, you know. He wasn't, he wasn't a... on the same tier as, like, you know, Greg Lloyd and them, but. No, I mean, I mean he, he he was up there. I mean, he was a, he was a filling guy. He wasn't yeah. a starter. He was you know, he he was the uh, Greg Lloyd needed to play off, so Olsaski went in. Yeah, you know stuff like that. He wore number ninety two. Of course, we know James Harrison with number ninety two. Jason Gilden, another great another linebacker. great ninety two. Another great yeah. ninety two. Uh, Rick Tockett, he came to the Penguins on a trade deal from Philly, and it was Tockett and Reggett and Shell Samuelson in exchange for Mark Recchi. Oh yeah, nineteen ninety two. So Rick Tockett has three Stanley Cup rings with the Pens. One as a player, two as a coach. He wore 92 that first half of the year because his number was traditionally 22. I forget who was wearing 22 at the time when Rick Tockett came, but his first, since he was a trade deadline guy, he was a half season with us, yeah, or third of a season with us, he, he wore 92 that first year. And then the next year he was 22. Yeah, uh, Rick played around the league. Um, and whatnot, you know. Didn't Straka wear 92? 
Strzok. Marty, 80, was he 82? 82. Marty Straka was 82. Did we skip him on 82? Uh, shout out to Marty Straka. Shout out to Marty Straka. He was a hell of a dude. He was a hell of a player. Um, the last time I met Marty was I was living in D.C. and working in D.C. And my manager sat there and was like, why are all these like scantily clad dressed ladies just like scurrying across here like slut magic? Mm. I'm like, the Rangers are at the bar. Yeah. He's like, what? I was like, oh yeah. I was like, that's Straka, that's Dubinsky, that's, you know, this guy, that's this guy. And I was like, actually, Dubinsky's not even 21 yet. <laughs> well, he is in hockey years. <laughs> yes. Uh, at the time, he wasn't 21 yet. Um, and, uh, I was like, so I went over and sat next to Marty. Marty was always the guy that like went out, but kind of kept quiet, kept to himself. Yeah, and he was the he was the one that like made the younger guys like don't do this dumb shit. Come on, that's you know? good. It's yeah, good to have someone of, like that. So, so I sat down next to Marty real quick, and I was like, hey Marty, how's it going? He's like, oh, not bad. I was like, I haven't seen you in a while. He goes, when was the last time you saw me? It's like Mario's on the south side of Pittsburgh. He goes, oh shit, it has been a while then. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because he, I, I think he played the majority of his career with the Rangers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, 92 though, you know, no pirates at 90 with 92. We're waiting to see a September call up. Probably we'll get, get a weird number, but yeah, Reggie white. I mean, the, the minister of defense, you know, there with the Eagles and, uh, the Packers. I think he, he got his super bowl with the pack. Obviously. Um, but him, you know he he was he was on the team there with like Mike Golick and all those guys on the Eagles in the early '90s, late '80s, early '90s. Randy mm-hmm. Moss or not Randy Moss, uh, Chris Carter. Yeah, Chris Carter and uh, Randall Cunningham. Randall Cunningham, Herschel Walker. Yeah, yeah for uh, a minute. Yeah. You know, yeah, it was you know hell of a player. Uh, God rest his soul. Uh, Michael Strahan, what's he doing now? Uh, TV. He's dude. He's on Good Morning America, dude. Have and you we, seen I, him? He is okay. So Amanda and I are at the um, laundromat today doing mm-hmm. laundry, and he's got his own show, Michael and somebody else. Right. Yeah. It's at like, like one o'clock in the afternoon. Okay. So you know how um, you know how the Today Show they do like the fourth hour uh, of the Today Show, and it was like Kathy Lee and Hoda. Yeah. And now Kathy Lee's retired, and it's Hoda and Jenna. Okay. Well, like, Michael Strahan is doing, like, the, the Good Morning America version of that. Like, it's, like, still considered Good Morning America, but it's, like, a completely different format, and they talk about, like, lighter topics. Uh. You know, and he's, like, a sports and entertainment guy, not, like, a hard news person. So, you know, he, he went from being Kelly Ripa's sidekick, and, you know, like, he got a... I, it, it didn't end well. Apparently, there was some butting of heads with, with Michael Strahan and Kelly. I thought they did really well, but then, I you know, towards the end, stuff happened. Apparently, like, I don't know if you ever saw the Broad City episode with Kelly Ripa, where she gets, like, hammered and, like, and actually, like, in the in the script, like, says something about how, like, you know, I don't really get along with Strahan all that well, like, you know, because she's, like, so, like, so wasted, like, confiding to these people that she just met. Um... And you just laugh because you're like, ah, oh, that's that's impossible. They have such such chemistry, but um, apparently it did go poorly. Um, well, apparently towards the end of like Mike and Mike's, like Greenberg and Golick, they were having some issues. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure exactly what that was. To- that was to talk about. I don't know. The right? way I see it is Kelly Ripa just wasn't wasn't willing to you know lay down and let Michael Strahan get his wishes. 
which eh. is, you know, less than we can say for, oh, I don't know, Brett Favre. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, 92s, you know, we love them. OU 92s. We're going to have we're going to have some slim pickings next week. Yeah, we are. 93 is Nobody a tough. likes that number. 93 is a tough weird, one. Weird number. Uh so what else is going on good here in Pittsburgh sports-wise? We got the Riverhounds, man. They're on fire. They're straight up on fire. They played a Wednesday game, a Wednesday match yesterday. Um we had a solid win over the New York Red Bulls. Now they were the reserves. Yeah. Uh the regular Red Bulls are uh they're actually in the lead. Well, the regular... The, well, the regular Rebels are MLS, yeah, but... but the um, the interesting thing about this Red Bulls 2 last year, um, I think that in MLS, no team like used more call-ups than the Red Bulls. So it seems like, you know, they really rotate their squad a lot. It, you know, because they had two last year, like injuries, I'm sure, but, mm-hmm. you know, like, don't... Don't snooze on. They're they're not as bad as like Ottawa too or no, whatever. No, yeah. no, no. So the Hounds, uh, they Toronto did have a, too, they did so. have that solid win. They're two to one uh, yesterday, and they head down to North Carolina to take on North Carolina FC uh, on Saturday. The Hounds uh, have moved up in the standings to fourth, yeah, and are one point out of third. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, it was what last week when we recorded. They were at sixth. Mm-hmm. So they got now they're one point ahead of they have forty one points and the two teams behind them have forty yeah and the team in front of them has forty two so Hounds are looking good they're uh, you know playoff and as they got right about now, a month and a half of the season left they play into October they play into October much, not much beyond uh, that. I think they played the end of October yeah, until playoffs yeah okay so all right so you got a couple months you know they're they're out of the cup. They got nothing. They got nothing to worry about except their league position. Yeah, that is true. They have that going on, so they got to do the positions. You know, Red Bulls are, you know, like you said, they're they're, they're not a pushover team, but they're yeah. not a, you know, a, a top tier. But they are top tier right now, actually. Uh, I mean, in the standings in the league, they're pretty good. Yeah, they but, are. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just it's you know people say USL isn't a minor league, like technically it's not, but some of the teams are considered minor leagues, minor league affiliates of the MLS. Um, you know that do- that doesn't necessarily mean that they're like any better than what the Riverhounds are fielding. It's just you know some clubs prefer to keep their yeah, development so, yeah. in house, others like form affiliate agreements with other teams. Yeah, the Red Bulls, uh, New York Red Bulls, right now forty seven points, they're in the lead. Uh, with 24 matches played, 14 wins, five uh, draws, and five losses, and you have 22 matches played for the Riverhounds, 11 wins, eight draws, three losses. So that's how they're keeping up. Is they're not losing. Them. Yeah, just don't lose. I mean, you you can hang around and still make the playoffs. You know. So this is a big game coming up Saturday because they're in North Carolina playing the North Carolina FC. And North Carolina is is in the sixth position with forty points, and, mm-hmm. and the and the Hounds have forty one, and then Nashville's at forty two, Tampa Bay Rowdies are forty six, and the Red Bulls are forty seven. So there's still a lot of there's still season left. Um, they have. Oh, I, 
that. I, I was like, wait, that game that game already happened. So, uh, so when North Carolina FC was here, mm-hmm. like a month or so ago, um, all the teams stay at the DoubleTree, up off of Mansfield. Yeah, yeah, they you know? stay at the... And they got the bubble there where they can work out, I guess, and... Yeah, they st- yeah they stay up off, yeah. up in Green Tree. Yeah. And that's that, that hotel is affiliated with, with the, the Riverhounds, the, the advertising in the stadium, if you ever watch a game, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Anyway, Julia was up there for her LAOH convention that same day, and was hanging out waiting for it to start, you know, and ended up meeting, like, the training staff of the NCFC. That's cool. And they, 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 the guy gave her his card and said, like, you know, text me if your boyfriend can get off work and I have, I'll have tickets for you. And by the way, there's 12 games left. Okay. And they, uh, October 20th. So, yeah. Was that the game that wasn't finished no, that was Memphis. Uh, oh, I'm sure they got to play uh, the NCFC s- game. They squeezed Memphis in on the 24th of September, but I don't know if that was a. That's because they didn't play long enough. They didn't play like. Yeah, you got to play 70 minutes for it to be official. Mm-hmm. And like the weather delay happened well before that point, so like we have. I think to, they only got 40 minutes in. Did they leave it at halftime or? Yeah. So so anyway, yeah, like we've got games in hand still. Like I think we picked up one game over during the week because not everybody played Wednesday night. I don't mm-hmm. believe. Um, but you know, you got to make the most of those games in hand. It's just like hockey. You know, you look at the standings and you're down a few points, but you say like we got these extra games and like those are the ones. You, I mean, they all count the same, but psychologically, like the games in hand, you got to make them count because often they're on like a weeknight and you don't get the same kind of atmosphere sometimes in your in your home stadium on a weeknight. Yeah, as you do on a weekend as you do on a Saturday night. Uh yeah, it's definitely people got to work Thursday morning. Mhm. And they can't they can't take advantage of quite as many you know, beer specials at the pub. So. Don't they do like dollar beers or some shit? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're like we like we talked about before. They're dollar beers. They're like nine ounce cups. I think I think we're gonna feature the nine ounce cu- nine ounce cups when we do episode number one hundred nine. Ooh, because <laughs> it's a it's a strong player in the, in the current like sports market here in Pittsburgh. Nice, but uh, so so are the Riverhounds as a team. They're a lot of fun to watch, man. They are a lot of fun to watch. I catch um, replays of them on uh, ESPN Plus, mm-hmm. uh, and I'll I'll look at the ticker and see. Where the goals were at, and I'll yeah. fast forward to the yeah to the game, and I'll watch like you know how the goal sets up and stuff like that. Um, I, I haven't actually said that I watched the whole game yet. There's so much high, there's so many soccer highlights now to watch now that Premier League is back. Oh yeah, yeah. I what's mean, up, what's up with international soccer? Anything good? Well, the international soccer is back. Um, the first weekend of the Premier League started on Friday night. Um, it's you know they they do Friday night lights now for certain. Not every Friday. Um, but for the op- the opening match, um, it was Liverpool and someone. I, I don't. It doesn't matter. Liverpool won, and then Saturday morning, you, you know, there was a Man City game at seven thirty, and it was you know I watched Crystal Palace and Everton at ten o'clock. They played to a nil nil draw, um, despite Everton going down to ten men for a pretty significant chunk of the second half. Um, you know, Palace is Palace. Like a points a point. Um, you know, those are the games you want to win, and that's going to come back to haunt them if they don't want to be in a relegation battle. Uh, yesterday was the UEFA Super Cup. 
which pits the winner of last year's Champions League against the winner of last year's Europa League, which turned out to be a Chelsea-Liverpool match. Right, yeah. So they had to go to Turkey to play each other. Um, you know, Liverpool and Tottenham had to, had to go somewhere far away to play each other in the Champions League. And Man City... Or no, sorry, not Man City. Uh, just a lot of English teams having to travel to like far <laughs> Eastern Europe to to play these like games and to play each other. It's like there's no atmosphere. Like I'm watching this. It's okay. I mean, but if they were playing Chelsea at Anfield, like the Liverpool faithful would be out of their minds. They would be so loud. They would be singing the whole time. Like it was just. You know, I'm glad the people of Turkey got to see a Liverpool-Chelsea game that, like, kind of didn't really matter that much. Um, but these Premier League games are going to be fun. And I'm doing a fantasy soccer league this year. Uh-oh. So. Uh-oh. It's, you know. I had a friend of mine that did a, they did their fantasy football draft already. Oh, yeah. I'm like, why are you doing it so damn early? I don't, this one's not a draft. It's just like a, it's like a, you know, like a daily fantasy type model where you just pick your team. Mm-hmm. from, like, what's available. And, you know, it just so happened that, you know, my, my pick of Aaron Wan-Bissaka debuting for Man United, he was, like, the best player for Crystal Palace last year, and they sold him to United for a lot of money. Nice. And uh, so I picked him up, figured he'd have a good first week, and he did, got me 11 points, but the guy I was playing also had him. Uh, so they cancel out. Yeah. And it, that stuff's, like, blind. You don't get to see, like, who your opponent's going to pick. Um, you could kind of try to play the percentages and say like, "Well, you got a chance to win any money at this?" No, yeah. This is just this is just something I just signed up for on my computer, just for like from... with like thirty six hours to go before the start of the season. I was nice. like, "I want to do fantasy soccer this year." <laughs> it's not for any money. Yeah. Um, you know, just field a team, like pick your captain, whoever you pick your captain to be, like their points are doubled. You know, and then there's like a tiering system. You you pick like a first tier striker and a second tier. Striker, well, and like, they sort the players based on sort of like what the projections are, you know. So you can't just get like a stacked team of like every guy who's like projected to put up twenty points. So you can't have like Ronaldo and Ronaldo. And you you yeah, like you couldn't have like Ronaldo and Messi. Yeah, like Mohamed Salah is considered a midfielder, so I, I was able to go with Aguero and Salah, and that was not a bad pick. But um, it w- it would have made more sense if I had taken Raheem Sterling because he had a hat trick. For Man City. Right on. And you're already starting to... It's like, I, it's week one and I'm already like, Ugh. It's not even for money and I'm already like mad at myself. So like, <laughs> why am I doing this again? <laughs> That's all. And That's you, all. And, and, don't, and then your fancy football draft will start over here. Yeah, we gotta, we gotta pay for that. I'm, I'm really glad that my commissioner finally signed up for Venmo. So you don't have to mail him a check? Although he said that, like, he heard that Venmo cancels payments if they say they're for fantasy football or like any kind of sports gambling. I don't know if that's true or not, um, but I, I can't wait to like because he said just like write some like bullshit smokescreen thing. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say like can't wait to like co-own a boat with you, Pat. <laughs> Here's 125 dollars for a share on a boat. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, because whenever Cause he I lives in Bakersfield. Yeah, right. So whenever I I ran the football pools at work, everybody's asking me. You're like, dude, uh, uh, can I Venmo you? I'm like, no, you can't Venmo me. Yeah. It's cash money. 
Like, it's $5 for a buck, you know? And yeah. and that's what it's going to be. And people are like, well, but I don't have any cash. I'm like, you're a fucking server and bartender. How do you not have cash? Like, you know. Straight to the bank, that's how. Well, I, well, I mean, keep in mind where we worked, all our tips went on our paychecks. But still, yeah. it was it was a pain in the ass. And I ended up having to cut, like, the pools in half and stuff. And I was like, I thought a $5 pool would be easiest to go out with 300 people. Yeah. You know, no. I don't know how that worked at my office because they, they, obviously, we're all working remotely. So they take Venmo for the bracket pool because mm-hmm. it's like five bucks. Nobody wants a bunch of $5 checks, like, coming in yeah. from Utah. Yeah. You know, so they do the Venmo. Like, we're not a cash business. Yes. It, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you got all this Venmo money. Like, you could transfer it to your account, but then, like, you got to go and take money out of the ATM and give half of it to, like, the other person who's helping you run it. You know? I, I don't know. I, I'm not involved in that anymore because I don't go to the office. <laughs> I haven't been there in two years. <laughs> Has it been that long? It's almost three. Jesus. Yeah, man. Wow. Yeah, I guess it has been that long since you got your house. Well, it was before the house, too. It was at Hillsdale for, like, almost almost a full year. Yeah. Anyway. So, so also, uh, this last weekend, um, the PGA Tour was at Liberty National in New Jersey, just across the uh, Hudson uh, from NYC. So it was great getting to see the views of Manhattan. Yeah, those Uh, were some nice nice, nice shots. Nice shots. Yeah. of of that and um you had Patrick Reed came away with the win minus 16 I believe um Tiger withdrew from the tournament with a strained oblique so he's still in the top spots for the um FedEx Cup he's I forget what number he's at but Tiger's playing this week um at the BMW Championship uh, all the big names that are there. So I think it's 72. This, the top 72 guys in the FedEx Cup are there. And then next week, it's the top t- 30, mm. I think, that's in there. And that's that's the final event next week. is the final event on the PGA Tour 2018-19 schedule. And that's at Eastlake Golf Club outside Atlanta, which will be the Tour Championship where, of course, we've seen several years in the past that you have the Tour... The, whoever wins the Tour Championship doesn't necessarily win the FedEx Cup. So you have two trophy ceremonies. Last year, Tiger won the Tour Championship. And was it Kepco won the FedEx Cup? Mm, I, think. I think so. I think so. So, yeah. And um, people, more people cared about Tiger winning. Oh, uh, yeah. Kepco. That was a great mob people... scene coming down 18. When they just like got around, if you watch the, there's a thing on there about, uh, on ESPN did about Tiger and about that, you know, his comeback and, and that tournament and how people just like mobbed the fairway and they were like walking with him up the fairway to the green and so forth. It was awesome. Yeah. Kepka didn't get the same treatment. No. Because golf is, I mean, first of all, golf is a sport that you play against yourself and against the course. Mm-hmm. Um, for people who watch golf on TV, you know, like, you tend to, like, root for people who you identify with or, like, 
not that Kepka's not like a likable person, but Tiger Woods is Tiger Woods. Yeah. And he's like one of the biggest stars golf has ever had. I mean, only really Arnie and Jack Nicholas are even in the same ballpark. In Gary, terms of Gary Player. Well, I mean in terms of being famous and having like following. Yeah, you know? so yeah, Arnie Jack. Yeah. Like Bobby Jones was good, but he was back Well before, before our time. There was any kind of like celebrity culture around sports or any I mean, horses were more, more famous than golfers back then. Yeah. You know? So so yeah, like people gravitate towards like the story of Tiger Woods more so than like the FedEx Cup. Because, like, unlike unlike team sports, like, you know, the most important golf trophy is not the one at the end of the year. It's the one that's awarded, I mean, depending on your perspective, you either get a green jacket in April or a claret jug in July. And those are the, those are the, the two that matter the most. Those are the top two. And in the US Even the Wanamaker trophy is more desired than the FedEx Cup. I'm afraid to say. Yeah, and then the and then well, the FedEx Cup is set up to where the most consistent guys yeah. are the ones that are going to be in the talk for that. And you know, yeah, you won the FedEx Cup, but you didn't win the Masters, or you didn't win the U.S. Open, or you didn't, you know, win the Claire Jug. You yeah. know, I mean, the four majors they consider Sawgrass the fifth major. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, why don't they just have ten majors? They, they should. They like could they easily. Start, they could easily have six. But the, then it just cheapens the ones that they have. They could easily have six. I I think it would. I mean, the there has to be like some tradition. You can't you can't just like make something and be like, oh, this is a major now. You know, you you can't just design like a brand new course and just say like this is going to be a major. You know, like because it it just it doesn't have the same feel. It does. You're right. It doesn't. That's why if they have if they add another major, it has to be the memorial. Because that's At Jack's Jack's place? Because that's Jack. Because it's tied to like the history of like Jack Nicholas. You know, or or it would have to be like like Sawgrass. You know, like quote unquote fifth major. Um... I liked when they did that night golf at the stadium course in the desert. Oh. Yeah, down that at, was like really down at gimmicky. The, the waste management. Yeah, and that was did, gimmicky, but it was kind of fun. Did they play? They played. A, it wasn't the whole tournament, but they did a. They they did a. Uh, uh, I like. I think it was like one of the rounds was at night. Yeah. Probably like I think it was like the second round or something like that. Friday, That'd be awesome. Friday night lights. It's like fucking sneaking onto the course. Well, when we were on vacation one time, like we well, stayed last, next to a course and we just like snuck on at like dusk and well, <laughs> started hitting balls. Well, last night, or, or sorry, last uh, Black Friday, mm. when Mickelson and Tiger played that match together yeah. in oh Vegas, that ended up going on and tied and tied, and they, they actually brought out lights on that, you know? I didn't watch that. I, I didn't realize it was free. Yeah. I was like not... Not in a position to like buy something because I was traveling and like didn't didn't have my all my devices. I wasn't gonna sit there and watch golf on my phone, right? Okay, <clears throat> but if I had known it was free, like I definitely would have suggested to like the several golf fans who are like, hey, I want to like flip this on. I remember we we watched the VHS tape about the '92 Penguins instead. Oh, so which is which is good too. And I already know how it ends. And right, it's good. So real quick, I'm gonna skip ahead of the notes. Uh, and pull this out. So Phil and Tiger, right? 
So have you? Do you follow Phil Mickelson on Twitter since he joined? He joined Twitter uh, last year, probably once they announced that him and Tiger were playing that match together in Vegas mm. and whatnot. That's when he joined Twitter. Yeah. So <clears throat> Phil Mickelson on Twitter is fucking hilarious. Oh really? Um. So he does these little videos, eh. and he was talking about how, like, the one video he did was like Bubba Watson. Um, how Bubba's out there hitting bombs and whatnot, and he's like, I carry two drivers to hit, like, fades and to hit this. He goes, but Bubba's out there shirtless. He goes, but, you know, he's covered in hair and whatnot. It, it's hilarious. You have, to, up, up, you have to find him, and it's funny. So this this new video that Phil Mickelson did is, is he talked about how he, he got underneath Tiger's skin. Mm. And um, Tiger and him were playing in the AT&T tournament at Pebble Beach, the, the Pro-Am, and Tiger had Tony Romo as his partner. I forget who Phil had, but Tony Romo sends a text to Phil and says, hey, are you coming to this dinner? Jim Nance holds a dinner at a restaurant every year mm. up there and so forth, and, and he's like, yeah, sure, yeah, I'll come to the dinner. He goes, but I knew he was playing with Tiger. He says, so, he says, and t- Tony Romo's like, hey, we gotta keep this quiet, you know, Tiger get upset that I'm playing with you, whatever. He said, so, uh, he, 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 he goes, he goes, and he gets his head, and then Tiger gives him, they tee off the next day, and Tiger gives Phil some look or whatnot, and, and Phil gives Tiger back some look, and then they're, they all tee off, and they're walking down, and then, uh, and then he looks at Tony Romo and says, hey, he goes, that dinner we had last night was awesome, wasn't it? <laughs> So he goes, that was great. And he just like talked about having dinner with Tony Romo the night before Tony was Tiger's partner in the, mm. in the Pro-Am. And it was, it's hilarious. It's gold. And uh, yeah, but Tiger's apparently like very like superstitious and yeah. this, that, and the other thing. Isn't Phil a big gambler? Apparently. So like, <laughs> that's, a, that's a good reason to not trust anyone who's eating dinner with Phil, you know? I don't know. Maybe there might be bookies involved, Tiger. Just, you know, be safe. I mean... I know you like that shirtless Santa Claus picture, but you're not that tough. Like, don't just... <laughs> I don't. still like the guys that show up to... that, And they, they and it's made video is the guys that showed up wearing Tiger Woods' mugshot photo <laughs> on a t-shirt. Yeah. And Tiger just gives them a little... I mean... Mm. You really shouldn't wear t-shirts to golf. No. You know, even when I go, I, I've been to. Remember when I used to hold the the PGA Tour stop down at Mystic Rock, down at Nemecolon? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've been to that, and that's when I first got to see Tiger play. And then I've been to two U.S. Opens. So, both at Oakmont, obviously. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Well, I mean, not necessarily. You know. Well, yeah. I mean, you've lived all over. You could have you could have taken the like three and a half hour train ride from freaking Manhattan Jersey to Shore to Bethpage. <laughs> <laughs> three and a half might be like conservative. Yeah, I, when they played at Bethpage, was I living in Jersey or was I living in New York? I never even I never even pondered the Long Island end of it. Like I I did map out one time like like I was already gonna be in New Jersey, and I was like, should I take the train from Bayhead up to? Belmont for the Belmont stakes. 
Uh, no. No. <laughs> no. 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 That's a, that's a, that's, that's like a half a day train ride. Almost. Yeah. And then you gotta go back. Yeah, I mean, and then you got, uh, I did live in D.C. while Congressional held, yeah. held a U.S. Open. But you didn't go to that. So you've been to Oakmont twice. been to Oakmont twice for U.S. And Open. you went to Mystic Rock. I went to Mystic Rock. And you, you, you went shirtless, or you wore a shirt that said something offensive on it. No. Or you wore a shirt that poked fun at a personal, no, I personal wore, gaffe in no, the I life wore, of one of the no, legends wore, of the sport. I wore khaki shorts and yeah. a polo. Because you're, you're not like, you know. And comfortable shoes. You're not, some, you're not some jag who's just trying to get on TV. So, by the way. Uh, I will go down to the Masters at some point. Um, I talked to people that went down to the Masters. You're not allowed to have your phone on the course. No? Yeah. What do you do with it? You're not allowed to take it on the course. Leave it in your hotel room. Okay. Yeah. You can take a camera, but you can't take your phone. Well, a camera is really helpful when I have like a heart attack. <laughs> Yeah, no, no. When uh, I when I need to like text everyone I love and tell them that I'm dying on the yeah, golf no, course. No, yeah, no, yeah, no, no phones at the at Augusta. I have a small camera, so I'll I'll take a selfie of myself dying. I <laughs> <laughs> fit it in my two fingers, hold it all the way out there. Yeah, I, and I didn't realize that that you're with my with think. my non throbbing arm. I didn't <laughs> realize that you weren't allowed to take phones on the course. I mean, uh, geez, it's a golf tournament, not a rack on tours concert, for God's sake. <laughs> All right, folks, we're going to go ahead and take a break right now. We'll be back after these messages from our friends at Sorgatron Media Studios in Beachview. You know, they host our podcast as well as several other ones. Give them a check out uh, and see what's going on. Pittsburgh Current has had some really good guests lately. They they had uh, they had Jimmy Crenn on not too long ago. Uh, Rob uh, Rogers. Who is, I forget which podcast Sorg uh, hosts. Uh, but they had uh, the dude from American Pie on and was in studio. Um, Jason Biggs? No. Um, Sean William Scott? No. He also played in a baseball movie, Rookie of the Year. Oh, the Rookie of the Year guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. forget that guy's name. Yeah. But I, yes, I, they were, I actually started that one today i was sitting out on my deck and then the the storm came in and i was like you know what like this is not podcast weather this is heavy metal weather <laughs> so i switched to a little iron maiden which are are you going on saturday yeah yeah matt's gonna be at iron maiden on saturday go check him out i'm gonna be at a brewery working uh i have friends of mine said the show's awesome by the way they went in philly yeah so the the set lists look pretty consistent like every night about the same so I, I know what to expect, but I've never seen them, so I don't really know what to expect. I don't think they've toured since we were kids. They haven't been to Pittsburgh since, like, 2010. Wow. And, like, they were here in, like, 88. Um, yeah, they probably played the arena. Yeah, they might have played, like, the, they played the Pavilion once. Wow. I don't know. My friend, like, my friends went to see them once when I was like, oh, really, Maiden? I'm not really that, that well-versed, but, like, I started getting into them, and... I was like, if they ever come back, I'm gonna go. And then, like, two months later, tickets are on sale. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna go. So, so that's gonna be cool. Awesome. All right, Matt's gonna be at Maiden. But in the meantime, we're gonna take a break. Check out what's going on with our friends at Sorgatron Media Studios in Beach Street. We'll be back in just a few moments with segment two. Do you like professional wrestling? Want your discussions? No holds barred. Check out WrestlingMayhemShow.com for all the wrestling podcast flavor you can handle. 
All right, folks, and we're back for our second segment here at Bold Sports. I did not want to start off the uh, episode with this, so I put it down to the second uh, section where uh, the Steelers had uh, a tragedy this week. Um, Wide receiver coach Daryl Drake passed in his sleep Sunday night into Monday morning. Uh, the team suspended all practices and so forth on Monday and Tuesday. They got back at it Wednesday at St. Vincent's in Latrobe. Uh, listening to Mike Tomlin's press conference was meh. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he's upset about it. Uh, apparently he coached him in college. Okay. Um, that's tough, man. And, um, uh, of course, you know, having your 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 position coach training camp. I mean, I, I'm not sure if he roomed with anyone. I don't know how that goes. Mm-hmm. If coaches room with guys, or if players just room with guys, or what? Coaches, I don't think. I don't think coaches room with guys. But yeah. uh, I, apparently, he didn't make it to practice, and he was like, "Where's the coach at?" And mm-hmm. he went and checked on him, and he passed away in his sleep. As of right now. Uh, there's no. It looks like a normal passing. Yeah, I. They, they, they have, you know, I don't think they did an autopsy, but they're doing some tests that they need to do. I don't know. I thought I thought I read somewhere that he um. That he'd complained about some like symptoms that were not dissimilar to a heart attack. Yeah. But you know, it didn't it didn't present anything serious. I guess. I mean. You know, it's it's scary, man. Like anyone, it could happen to anyone, really. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had friends of mine have shit happen. You know, it's just one day. It just you know, you're just you're just bopping along like you always do, or you're sleeping, and next thing you know, like you know, something happens to your heart or your brain, and you're just done. I think uh, I think going in your sleep's the way to go. Yeah, I think going in your sleep's the way to go. I mean, just. Anyway, uh, we send condolences to his family. Condolences to his, his family. Steelers football family. Steelers football family. His wife you know. and daughter. Um, he coached thirty six years total. Uh, he coached at Arkansas State. Uh, he spent the last fifteen years in the NFL with the Bears, the Cardinals, and the Steelers. Um, it sucks. Yeah. I mean, the Angels had a pitcher that was twenty four years old. Yeah. You know. Did but did you see that that no hitter? Mm-hmm. We that talked about wild, it, how all man. the numbers lined up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about that, how all the yeah. numbers lined up, and, and it lined. Yeah, it was weird. It was one of those weird. It was crazy because like, um, it was a long. It was one of those long American League games, even despite the fact that it was a no hitter. So I actually watched the um, the pregame stuff at home mm-hmm. where, where they had like the. Uh, you know, like his family there, and his mom threw out the first pitch, and it was very emotional. And then, you know, like that was just like a live look in, I guess, on ESPN or MLB Network. You know, and then I went about my my job for the night, and then I get out of work and I go to the bar, and here they've got like another live look in because it's a no hitter. Like I didn't I didn't see everything in between, but right. I was just like this is crazy, man. Like, right. 
Yeah, and the way the numbers lined up, it lined up like his jersey number and his birth date and stuff like mm-hmm. that, and his death date. Uh, I pulled the whole thing. We, I, I, that was a couple episodes ago. Uh, yeah. We'd have to re-listen to that, but I had it all the stats pulled up on it. Um, but yeah, the Steelers, though, on the other hand, in camp, they're looking good. Uh, they're going to have their second preseason game. Is it tomorrow? Or is it Saturday? I think it's Saturday. Saturday? Sounds about right. Um, Sucks for you if you got tickets to that and they like, you know, like an albatross around your neck. You couldn't get rid of them and you don't get to go to Iron Maiden because of it. I'm sorry for you. You know, my, uh, I was talking to my dad. He was, I don't know who, who he it's listens tomorrow. to. It's tomorrow. It's Friday. It's tomorrow? Okay, well, that makes more sense. 7.30 at Hinesfield, the Kansas City Chiefs are in town. Oh boy. So, that's like not interesting to me at all. None of, none of the good players are going to play. It's not like you're going to see the Patrick Mahomes show. No, the game to watch, and we've talked about this before, when it's preseason football, the game to watch is the third preseason game. All your typical starters are going to play the whole first half, if not the first three quarters, and that's their prep game. And then the fourth game, the starters will play the first quarter, and then you'll have the guys that are needed to make the team. And this is their last shot to show it. And that's what it comes down to. Um, and that's what it is. Uh, the first preseason game sucks. The second preseason game sucks. The third preseason game is decent. It is typically really good. And the fourth preseason game is decent. Uh, they've been talking for years about knocking the preseason off down to two games. But the coaches, you ask any of the NFL coaches, they wish they had six. <laughs> now here's what I here's what I think is happening right now. Um, I'm seeing more of these things where teams are having practices against each other. Oh yeah, it's yeah, becoming yeah. more common. It's coming more so like I watch Hard Knocks. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you watched an episode yet this year? No, All I right. just saw that bit that you had on last week. Okay, where they were yeah. riding horses. Yes, um, and then so this week Hard Knocks uh, they. The, the Raiders played in Oakland against the uh, Rams. And the Rams went up to Napa Valley and they had two days of practices against each other and then they played the game. There's some chippiness in it. Yeah. You know, I mean, you got guys like Aaron Donald and Jared Goff and Todd Gurley and whatnot going against these guys. And A.B. was nowhere to be found because his feet are all fucked up right his now. feet are all fucked up. Fucked up feet. We got a, we got a whole bonus segment on A.B.'s feet. And then uh, and then also A.B. has uh, helmet issues. Okay, can, can I go off on the helmet thing for a minute? Take it away, my friend. Okay, so I know how he feels, man. Like, recently I broke one of the mini blinds that came with my house. You know, it finally just snapped from too many pulls, just pulling on that cord too many times, and it, it just, you know, it's a it's a bigger one. I had the support in the middle, but it's still not enough, and eventually it snaps, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm going to replace it. I got a Lowe's gift card. So I'm at Lowe's, and I'm in, the, I'm in the blinds aisle, and all they have is the cordless kind, which, like, I've never, I've never worked with. I don't know the cordless. Like, that's different. That's new. I'm not into that. I just want my regular... Mini blind with the cord. They don't have it. In it. They don't have them at Lowe's. So I'm like, well, you know what? I always just buy my blinds at Rollers anyway. So you know, I'll go to Rollers the next day. 
Go to Royer's, same deal. They don't have the cords anymore. Apparently, you know, too many pets and too many dumb kids have, like, gotten tangled in cords. So they can't have cords anymore. I don't have kids. My pets aren't that stupid. <laughs> um, if you made the cord out of, like, plant matter, we'd be fucked. But if it's just the nylon cord, they're not going to do anything to it. So, like, why can't I have my cord? Now, I, d- I didn't throw a fit and, like, refuse to, like, you know, have windows. <laughs> As a result, I also didn't have, like, a, a boss telling me that, like, you have to do this, right? But basically, like, you got you to gotta get on board with the new technology at some point. I, I don't love it. I, I change in the other room often just because I don't want to reach up and pull down the blind because I'm lazy and short. But, like, <laughs> I, on a certain level, I feel you a little bit, A.B., not on the not on the feet front. My feet are fine, but you know you don't want new tech always. Sometimes you don't want to learn a new skill. Well, apparently, what it is is his is the helmets. Have, they've changed the helmets over the years, and the NFL only approves the safety of the helmet for a ten year period. Yeah, and his helmet. So if he can get the same style helmet that's mm. younger than ten years. He can wear it. It's like if you drive for Lyft and your car's 10 years old. Guess what? You don't drive for Lyft anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so um, he he said that there's something about, like, the helmet, the new helmet, like, the crown or something. It interferes with the way... You, His you know, visibility. The visibility, like, seeing the ball when you're going up, looking straight up, you know, trying to, like, back shoulder a ball from, you know, Derek Carr this year. Yeah. Thank God it's not Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, this is like... I got mad last week because people like want want the Raiders to implode more than they want the Browns to be bad, and that's just like seems oh, did you spiteful. follow Andrew Filippone's poll? I think I might have because that because that was one of the ones we talked about it. Yeah, uh, Andrew. Filippone. I didn't need to vote on it. My my voice was like loud and clear. Like the results were already in, and I think a lot of people are just being petty and spiteful. But I also think it's a really good thing that we don't have this to deal with right now. Could you imagine? After last year, if like we were like, well, we're gonna we're gonna go go about it with A B again this year and like see what happens, and like it's not even the second preseason game and he's already got like frostbitten feet, and he's like not not coming to work because of the helmet, and then not to even mention the the thing about the the screens, he's still doing his like iPads in practice in in meetings, shtick. Yeah. And, and, like, again, very relatable. Like, I love looking at my bank accounts a lot, too. But, like, I bet AB's not checking for the same reason that I'm checking mine. Like, I'm checking because I got, like, a $600 check sitting out there. And, and like, nobody's cashing I need yet. it to cash so I can, like, buy some gum. You know, like, <laughs> AB's, like, I, I don't know. Well, it's, it's, it's potato, potato, but it's also apples and oranges. Well, watch, watch watching uh, the Hard Knocks, they have, like, the rookies come up. And they introduce themselves and stuff like that, and, and Derek Carr is the one that calls them out and pulls them up on the stage, and they have to like sing a song or like their college fight song or some other song. It was pretty funny, but they come up with it was uh, name, age, college, signing bonus, <laughs> <laughs> you know, type stuff, and yeah, you know, stuff like that. Uh, it's pretty interesting. I, you know, last year watching Hard Knocks with Cleveland was, you know, interesting. Uh, I do think that on paper, Cleveland's a serious threat. 
if they can make it work on the field, it'd be even better. Um, you know, uh, I think Baltimore's just screwed. I think they they put all their eggs in the wrong quarterback basket. Mm. Personally, um, I've been listening to a lot of Patriots talk because <sighs> you do Boston. Yeah, sports. I do. I, yeah, I do a lot, and uh, we'll talk about that later. You know, like it's like Stockholm syndrome a little bit. No, like not really. I'm not. I'm not a Patriots fan. Like, no, I know you're not. A Patriots that's fan. not happened. But they were very. Like, arrogantly talking about how, like, what, this is our competition? And they didn't even really talk about the Steelers. Like, the two examples they cited was that, like, you know, the Raiders are going to be drama-filled. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think anybody was picking the Raiders to, like, take out the Patriots this year anyway. And then the other, the other team that they said, like, they're not they're not sold on is the Browns. And the reason they cited is because, like, there's a bunch of jagoffs. Now, sometimes a bunch of Jagoffs can win a Super Bowl together or a World Series. Boston fans ought to know that, right? Yes. Um, but the Patriots are so obsessed and like up their own asses with their like do it the right way shtick that you know they they really think that just because Odell Beckham and and uh, you know because Baker Mayfield like serpented a beer in at the Indians game that like he's like I, I don't know like let's the two topics that the Patriots media talks about the most is like our quarterback is old and gonna quit soon and we're unstoppable like both can't be true you know what i mean so you remember a guy by the name of marcus wheaton should i yeah did he play for the steelers yes he just tweeted for the first time in a while that's why my phone lit up oh okay it says what? um it says it feels weird sitting at home with the wife and kids during camp uh, during camp time. Hashtag retired life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, football does football runs its course. Not everybody gets to uh, play for forty years. Eh. You know, well, uh, no, yeah, not for forty. But yeah, uh, is Martavis Bryant anywhere this year? I haven't seen or heard his name tossed around. Haven't heard that at all. Um, you know, so I, I just realized that watching Hard Knocks, Clay Matthews is on the fucking Rams. Oh, yeah? R- Richie Incognito is on the Raiders. Yes. How's that dude still in the league? <laughs> He's big. After all the shit that he's gone through in his career with the hazing bullshit in Miami, and then him going, like, having to, like, talk to, like, therapists and shit in Buffalo, and... He threatened to shoot up a funeral home. Yeah. Yeah. How's he still in the league? I mean, it's the Raiders. It's always been like that. Raiders and the Cowboys. They They think that maybe he can channel some of that rage into, like... Opening holes for whoever their running back is. Man, I mean, he's a beast. He's a big dude. I mean, he's one of those guys that I worry about. Yeah. <laughs> he's one of those guys I worry about. Like, you know, uh, where's Ndamukong and Sue this year? Is he with, is he, is he with the... He uh, got cut. He got, re- not cut, he got released. He, like, Yeah, he got released. I didn't hear anything else about if he got picked up or not. Because he was on the Rams last year, you know, and... Yeah. I, yeah, Aaron Donald on the Rams. He's just a beast right there. 
I mean, mm-hmm. I, yeah, Pride of Pitt, and he's from. Was he Penn Hills? Penn Hills. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, and how about another pit guy? Nathan Peterman is competing for the um, backup job in Oakland. Yeah. Yeah, I, people I, still people still just clowning on Peterman, man. It's not what? his fault. It's not his fault that his coach was an idiot in Buffalo. Correct. It's not. It's not he his fault. A, he got drafted by a bad team. I still say the Steelers should have drafted him. He got ass. drafted by a bad team, and Buffalo was like mediocre enough to make the playoffs without switching quarterbacks midseason. Like Peterman wasn't ready. He played terribly. And, like, he's always good. That's, like, going to be his legacy, you know? Unless, unless, you know, he can somehow find his way onto the field for the Raiders. And then, well, you know, maybe he becomes, like, a fantasy superstar this year because he's throwing bombs to Antonio Brown. No, Derek Carr's got that locked up. Unless Derek Carr goes down with an injury again. I'm not wishing it on him, but maybe Derek Carr's not as good as everyone thought he was. You know what? He had that one stellar season, and then he got injured. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a fantasy light up. Yeah, for one um, year. For one year. That's all some guys um, get. You know, and then he, uh, he, he, he was prepping for the NFL when his brother got drafted. And he was still a teenager. Of course, you I know. Mean, I mean, I I like Derek Carr. I do. I wish him well. I hope everything. With Antonio Brown out there in Oakland works out for him, and uh, you know it would like it would be nice to see the Raiders relevant again, uh, especially their last year in Oakland. They moved to Vegas next year, uh, so we'll we'll have that stuff going on too. Uh, but yeah, who knows? It's the NFL, anything you know can happen. Um, Steeler wise. Um, I don't know a bunch of the young guys that they have that they invited to camp and stuff like that, and who's going to make the team, who's not. Uh, that's, like I said, usually like week three of the preseason is when I really start paying attention to that. Um, we still have Trey Griffey is around, Ken Griffey. Mm-hmm. Ken Griffey Jr.'s son, uh, Ken Griffey Sr.'s grandson. Um, you know, he made the practice squad last year. He was on the team. Yeah. Um, you know, he didn't dress for any... Uh, regular season games, but you know, those practice squad guys still make more more in a year than we'll see in five. So we're good with that. <laughs> yeah, that's it's a good paycheck for sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, I know a couple guys from high school that played uh, on a practice squad, and they only did it like a year or two, banked up a shit ton of money, and then and when I say a shit ton, I mean. More than you and I will see. They, they, my one guy I grew up with played practice squad for three years. And he had over a million in the bank account. And then also because the team he was on made playoffs and then the NFL pays the bonuses on the playoffs. So he was able to go back to school, get like a couple doctorate degrees and everything else. You know, good for them. Yeah, look at Baron Batch. Oh, dude, Baron Batch is... You know, his work is everywhere. His work is everywhere. He's like he's artist. he's he's done so much more to like make his name in this city than like he did as a running than back. Did, yeah, I mean, not that he was a bad running back, but he's little. You got to be like Jerome Bettis yeah. level to get his. I mean, like his work is everywhere. Maybe I just 
maybe I'm biased because a lot of it's around the south side and the bike trails. Yeah. But, like, every time I go out, I see some, like, barren batch. Yeah, and then you got, uh, and you got guys, uh, well, look at Richard Mendenhall. Mm. You know, he's, he's the main writer now for Ballers. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, he's the main writer for Ballers, which starts this Saturday or Sunday coming up. Um, on HBO, but yeah, these guys that they, you have to plan for life after football. You can't just, you know, the football window average is three to five years. Yeah, and I mean, what is it? Like, and what is it? You have to how many years is it before you can get a pension? Is it five years or is it four? I I don't know the answer to that. I do know that even guys like Dion and Michael Irvin. And Mike Golick are still working. Oh, yeah. You know, it's not, you don't just, you know, guys who made, like, a lot of money, like, guys who earned, like, top three at their position at some point in their careers, you know, still need to work. Like, maybe Michael Irvin could have been like, hey, listen, like, I'm just gonna, like, live real frugally, you know? Chad Johnson does. I'm gonna... gonna... (laughs) Chad Johnson lives a frugal-ass fucking life, yo. He lives in Miami, whatnot. And the one interview he—I've watched the interview he's done several times uh, on video. He's like, "Yeah," he goes, "You see me jewelry?" He goes, "But you know what? This diamonds were fake. You know, I'd—you know—they'd be like two carat diamond ring, diamond earrings." He goes, "They were," he goes, "They were cubic zirconia." What kind of car are you driving? Uh, he has a Fiat five hundred. I mean, my neighbor has a Fiat. Like, is a 500, like, fancy or is it... It's the like, same like, as your neighbor's. That little one? Yeah. What, really? Yeah. Chad Johnson drives one of those? Yeah. He had a Mini Cooper for a while. A Mini Cooper's a little bigger than... Yeah, but he's I like... think he's killing... I follow him on Twitter. He's fucking hilarious. Okay. Um, I like this. I'm, I'm liking this more and more. Chad Johnson, and he's still working out. Dude looks like he can still fucking go play. I'm sure he's lost a step or two, but... I mean, he had a trial with a soccer team. I know that for a while. He's big into soccer. He's big into FIFA. Yeah. You know, uh, and he plays the video FIFA. Like, yeah. It's his job, you know. But He should get on a team. I mean, how old is Chad? Chad's only probably, what, 41? He's not too old to play professional video games. No. No, but he, uh, <laughs> but no, he's, he's, he's killing it. Like, Follow him on Twitter. He's hilarious. You're making me follow all these people, dude. I gotta, I gotta make some cuts. If I'm, if I'm, I gotta make. If I'm adding anyone else, I gotta make cuts, man. All right. Speaking about making cuts, how about the Buckas? Cut them all, man. <laughs> so everybody right now is calling for what? Hurdles head, right? Yeah. I've I've gone back and forth on this. Like changing changing managers now isn't gonna change anything for the team. It's not like. It's not like they're going to, like, go on this hot streak and, like, qualify for the playoffs. The only thing changing anything for the buyers right now would be changing ownership. And we know that's not going to happen because Bob Nutting won't sell the fucking team. And that's... Okay, yeah. It it pisses me off when people say fire Nutting, like... You can't fire Unless you're being, like, ironic. Like, that's stupid. But, like, I see people whose earnest take on the Pirates is that they need to get rid of Hurdle and Huntington and Nutting. And it's just like, you can't do that. You can you know? get rid of Hurdle. You... Okay, here's... Here, my you could get rid of Hurdle, but like they'd have to pay him still. Yeah. You f- well, that's... But the thing is, like... Well, because contracts are guaranteed. 
And also in the NHL, remember whenever they fucking fired Dan Bosma? Yeah. And they still had to pay him four million dollars a year. Yeah, and, and then so, they still and, had to pay Mike Johnston. Unless he unless he, you know, took another coaching job somewhere else. I remember running into him one night. Uh-huh. His wife was pissed. Yeah. <laughs> Cause he took a job in Buffalo. He's like he could have sat on his ass at home and still collected four million dollars and hung out and coached his kids and everything else like that. Yeah. yeah. He voided that issue. <laughs> I mean <laughs> Well listen, man, like <laughs> there is dignity in work, Steve. You know, I know there is too. If you're willing to pay me four million dollars, and all I have to do is not coach anywhere else, you want to coach in the NHL, man. I know you don't want to coach your dumb kids. It's you could just show up to like one practice, and like all the other kids would be like, "Whoa, Dan Plasma. Yeah, right. You know, like um, let some other guy do all the work. No, nah, but I mean, so so with the Pirates, though. I mean, uh, the Buccos dropped the last game of the series to the Angels uh, and blew the sweep that they were looking to get. Uh, they did win the series. Good for them. Um, they head home. Uh, they they head home. On, they headed home on the red eye last night, and got into Pittsburgh at the wee hours of the morning. And they had today off, and they got the Cubs coming in this weekend for three. The Nats come in for four, followed by the Reds for three. So let's do some simple math, and three plus four is ten. Mm-hmm. Or no, seven. <laughs> <laughs> See, right? No, three plus four is seven, plus three is ten. And so the Pirates are home for the next ten days. Um, the Bucks continue to struggle. They are six and twenty-four after the All-Star break. Um, that that's that's not good. Um, yeah, that's really bad. It's really bad. Ooh, the Cubs are going to be salty when they get here. Because did you see this walk off oh, yeah, 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 yeah. by Bryce Harper? Yeah, Bryce Harper walk off grand slam, and, and then he, he sprints, sprints and then, around and the bases, powered that shit. I love the Philly throwbacks too. Yeah, did you see when they wore the uh, burgundy throwbacks? Yes. You know the story behind them? No. So they wore them once in like 1978, and they got their asses kicked. And a bunch of the players, like uh, Larry Boa, was like one of the ringleaders. Wow! They they said we were we will not wear these again. Like the whole team took them off and threw them in a pile in the middle of the clubhouse at the end of the game. They said like we look like a bunch of grapes out there. Like Larry Boa, I believe, actually said like you could trade me, you could put me on waivers. I will not wear these these uniforms again. So they, they only wore them once, and then they brought them out for, like, throwback night against the Braves, and they got beat even worse than they did when they wore them the first time. Wow. I, so I, we may never see them again, the, the red-on-red Philly uniforms. Well, this, this uh, but Bryce Harper, man, he just hit that shot, and it was uh, second deck. <laughs> yeah. Grand slam, walk-off grand slam. Jesus Christ. Pretty awesome. Uh, that's why you get. That's paid. why you play the game. That's why you play the game. That's why he gets paid three hundred million. Well, he has not earned his salary this year. I, I think most Philly fans yeah. would agree with me when I say that. But for a moment like that, like yeah, that's that's worth a hundred mil for sure. Yeah, definitely out of that one. Uh, Buckos went ahead and released the schedule for next year. And if you saw Amanda's tweet today, she's a little perturbed. Why? Where are you making her go? At me. Um, what else is new? 
it's Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the next year, the Pirates have the AL East coming in. Oh, right. Yes. Um, so you got the Yanks coming in. And they're doing a home and home with the Yanks. Oh wow! And you got the Bo Sox coming in over Amanda's birthday weekend. Oh no! It's Fourth of July weekend. Her birthday is July third, uh, so the Bo Sox are in that weekend. Um, does she care about the Red Sox at all? She lived in New England for ten years. But does she care? She does. Does she like not like them because it was too much, or is she excited? She's excited. Oh good. Okay, but so you're set. But she wants to go to the game. Yeah, so go. No. No? Oh, you won't go. Oh, come on, dude. <laughs> come on, man. It's your favorite other team besides the Pirates. <sighs> but I'd be putting money in fucking Nutting's wallet. You know what? Like, buy a Liverpool jersey and then you'll be putting like money in the other guy's wallet as well. And then it's a wash. Okay? I mean, geez, like... I did. You pay your taxes and nutting gets money. <laughs> like, come on, dude. Like, that stadium deal? Like, come on, man. You work in the city. <laughs> you, you can't avoid it, man. Take Amanda to see the Red Sox for her birthday, for God's sake. Uh, it's it's trying. It's it's hard. You've got about nine months to come around to, like, the right... Got a year. No, by the time tickets go on sale. <laughs> but we have yes, the Yanks coming. They they're doing a home and home with the Yanks. The the Bo Sox come in for three games uh, around Amanda's birthday. That's July Fourth weekend. Um, the Blue Jays also come to town, and they do. They're doing a home and home with the Tigers because you know that whole. Trying to the where MLB gate uh, set up the uh, what should be your American League mm-hmm. natural rival and how yeah. they come with Detroit because we couldn't have Cleveland because they paired they Cleveland with Cincinnati, Cincinnati, which makes sense. Yeah, Battle of Ohio. MLB like they you can't expect the people who run baseball to understand the Pittsburgh Cleveland rivalry I, like they look at a map. And they see, like, the shape of Ohio wrapped around the two cities that have teams in Ohio. And they're like, oh, they're both in Ohio. Yeah. You know, like, if the Phillies were in the American League, I'm sure they would have made the Phillies our natural interleague rival. But they're in the National League. Right. And we barely even play them anyway. Because. Because of the the three divisions. The the three divisions. And, yeah, the rivalry with I don't have any beef with Detroit in any sports. No. Except for maybe hockey. Yeah. But we're one and one in cups. Well, and against and Detroit's now in our conference. Yeah, so or not our cop. They're in the cop. Yeah, they're in our conference. We would have to maybe get them in a playoff series, but we'll never see them in the finals. Yeah, until they, you know, go back to the West. Move, move the Coyotes to Quebec, and then who knows? Too Apparently, hard. the Coyotes are like a real team with a real coach and a Phil Kessel, and everything. Yeah, I mean, you got a guy that has a house up the street and to the left. Still, mm. he's in town right now. Who's the head coach? Does he, does he need an arborist after today? <laughs> does he is he even aware? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, Rick Tockett's been in town. You know, we uh, mentioned him again on this show. I mean, because he's number ninety, he wore number ninety two for yeah. a few months while he was. He's, he's going to have to like go like 
sign an endorsement deal with some like Buick dealership so he can pay for all the tree removal that he's going to have to do with. <laughs> I don't know what Hoodridge looks like. Uh, I didn't even go up on Hoodridge today at all. Uh, I couldn't get up there because I had a tree across mm. Rockwood. Yeah, but uh, but no, yes. I mean, yeah. I mean, Coyotes. We'll we'll see how that happens and whatnot. Um, so yeah, Buckos. You know, I was listening to the guy that filled in for Mark Madden today. Oh God! On my way to work. Uh, Who even does that? Uh, I forget. I think his name's Andrew something. It's not Philophony, but it's whatever. Okay. Uh, Amanda follows him on Twitter. Okay. And, um, he was going back with Joey Bag of Donuts on Twitter today mm. um, with stuff. And, um, yeah, uh, he was, you know, he he was on the whole camp of, like, Fire Hurdle, Fire Huntington, you know. But then you got to sit there and think and ask yourself, what kind of manager and GM are you going to get to come and try to take over the Pirates where they know their, their hands are tied? Seriously. I mean... If you watch the movie Moneyball, and Brad Pitt plays Billy Bean, and he has his assistant GM call the owner team, says he needs two hundred thousand for this player, and he says no, he says fine, he goes I'll pay for it myself, but I'm going to keep the profit when I sell him for a million five next year, you know, and the owner's like fine, here's the money, whatever. Nutting, you know. Are you allowed to do that in baseball? I don't think so. I don't uh, think you are. Like in in sports with a salary cap, like you definitely can't do that. Like that's the equivalent <laughs> to like paying someone under the table, right? Um, yeah. Um, but you know, he, he, you know, you have a, an owner that's not going to give up money for players. He doesn't. He's not like. He's not going to go out and sign a $30 million a year player. He's not going to go out and sign there's, a There's two a kinds of sports owners. Pitcher. Okay, there's two kinds of sports owners, right? Maybe, maybe three. Okay, like, we'll, we'll put the Rooneys in, like, one category. That's, like, the legacy, you know. Legacy like, owners? They own the team because their grandfather founded the team. Okay, it is the family business. Um, there's pride involved. Like, you don't want to just, like, I mean, it is nice to just have, like, a stream of revenue, you know, but that's also like your family's legacy is like, can we win things? Um, so there's the legacy owners. Then you've got the investment people like Nutting, who like they own a bunch of stuff, and they they see there, there's an asset that's available. They can get it for a song because the pirates weren't any good when Nutting bought them from McClatchy. Um, you know that that whole newspaper thing, like it was the McClatchy family selling it to another newspaper family. I mean, it, it's just like a. It's no different than, like, selling your boat to, like, someone you know from the country club, you know? And then, like, the other kind is, like, the rabid fans or, like, the competitive people who just want to, like, be involved in a winner. And that, that includes, like, Mark Cuban. Oh, yeah. And, you know, Joe Lacob, who owns the Golden State Warriors. And, like, not that they've won anything yet, but, like, and Steve Ballmer with the Clippers. like Mary Lemieux. Mary Lemieux. Okay, Mary Lemieux, I... I put Lemieux in the legacy category because he was owed money by the Penguins, so technically, like, you know, it's part of the family whether he likes it or not. Yeah, right? You know what I mean? Um, I mean, I don't. I don't think Lemieux like Michael Jordan. I don't think Lemieux would have bought My, where, any where would team you put, other than the where, Penguins. Where would you put Michael Jordan then? I put Jordan as an investor because he doesn't have like 
he doesn't go all in. You you don't see him like courtside. You don't you don't see him on TV like he's not he's not on ESPN like opining about free agency. Um he doesn't own a team that's like even close to like having a chance to even compete right now. He's making money. He's making money. And that that's what he wants to do and it's in his home state. Bob Nutting's making money. Bob Nutting's that would be like a good name for a freaking pirates blog actually. I mean, yeah. I mean, or if you could, if you could stomach a podcast that was just like nothing but pirates for an hour and a half, which like, why, and how? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't, I, I don't get it really. Um, I understand he's he's he he runs it like a business. It is a business, you know, and he's making money off a losing product and pissing a lot of people off at the same time. Um, we had that 13 to 15 run with the wild card games and I'm making a playoff series. Um, you know, uh, but I would love to see a Marlin style come in to where they just built a fucking team, paid a shit ton of money. Won a championship and dismantled it. Everyone says that that's like so just tacky. It's tacky as fuck. But at least it's something. Mm-hmm. You know, like you got you got a bunch of mercenaries. Like, guess what, man? Like, people got excited for the dream team. You know, I'm I, I'm pretty sure that even like twelve year old Matt knew that like hey the, the dream team is not gonna like stay together after the Olympics and like join oh, yeah. the NBA and like yeah, yeah, win, yeah. win next year too like it's one and done and like a lot of these guys aren't gonna be interested in, in, when four years come and you saw how much like I mean they were still good four years later with the the next crop of NBA guys but they weren't nearly as good as the team that had like well, you know Magic and Bird well well people talk about how the dream teams. The original Dream Team, but then the Olympics, they kept doing the Dream Team, yeah. and how that started today's NBA, the guys being buddies, and then wanting to link up together and have the super teams, like the Warriors, yeah. and the Cavs, and Boston, and the Lakers, and whatever else, well, and I the mean, Heat, yeah, and that's... all that. And, that. and they said that whenever LeBron played with, you know, D-Wade, and... Uh, Chris Bosch. Chris Bosch on the Dream Team that that got them thinking, hey, we can all just come down to the heat and exactly, uh, you know, and that's what and that they said that that's what started to kill, you know, the NBA having these like super teams and shit. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't bother me. Like, like I said, I'm I'm a casual NBA fan. Like I, I, I watch would, yeah. I watch it for the athleticism primarily. Um, I think college the storylines way better. I think college basketball is way better to watch than NBA basketball. Personal opinion. Yeah, it's, I mean, really neither here nor there. Like, I'd, I'd love to take this argument up, you know, during basketball season. But, right. uh, you know, we, we got a long way to go. I'm still wearing shorts. Uh, right. So I, I'm not ready to be talking about basketball yet. And basketball's a long season. Yeah, for real, man. It's almost as long as hockey. It is as long as hockey. They, they go about, like, a week longer than hockey. They start a, they start a week later and they yeah they are pretty much exactly the same. They are, uh, but in the meantime, except for ones on ice. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, we need to go ahead and take a break right now, 
and then we'll come back with a bunch of little stuff that I have uh, thrown in here. And um, in the meantime, listen to what's going on with our friends at Sorgatron Media Studios in Beachview. Um, lots of good stuff coming out of there. Don't forget Slice on Broadway. Uh, they are a big sponsor of the uh, of Sorgatron Media, and uh, we're part of Sorgatron Media. And we like Slice on Broadway because who doesn't like a, pep- a perfect pepperoni pizza? Dude, the Green Monster. Okay, they have a pizza called the Green Monster. You should order one and then eat it with Amanda and then take her to the Red Sox game. (laughs) On that note, we're going to right on break. We'll be right back in just a few moments. Let's talk tech. Tech news discussions from the people in the industry right here in Pittsburgh. Online, gadgets, startups, and more. Check it out at awesomecast.net. All right, folks, we're back for our third and final segment here at Bold Sports. I got a little hodgepodge of stuff, uh, topics that came across my radar uh, this week. We're going to start off with uh, today, happened this evening, or this afternoon. Dale Earnhardt Jr. uh, was with his wife and daughter uh, on a small private plane that crashed on a highway outside Bristol, Tennessee, assuming he was at Bristol Motor Speedway uh, for that, which is a hell of a short track, by the way, if you've ever been uh, or watched the race on TV. Uh, But the track is, it's like, it's a half mile track. Uh, He survived the plane crash as well with his wife and his daughter, who was apparently a year old. Everybody survived that plane crash. Congratulations. Yeah, that was like breaking yeah. news on the... Yeah. I was watching Channel 2 at like 4.30 trying to find out what happened with the SWAT team situation in my neighborhood. Yeah, Matt's And like, they're like, we've got breaking news. Dale Earnhardt is fine. And I'm just like, yeah, Junior, I mean, of course. But yes, like... Yeah, so um, over the years, uh, flight equipment has caused deaths of a few... NASCAR drivers, mm. it, they were mainly helicopter crashes. Yeah, um, Davy Allison, uh, Alan Kowicki, um, both died in helicopter crashes and so forth. Um, Dell Jr., you know what? I I, I liked him. Uh, you know, I started following him, and one of the reasons why I started following him is I waited on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I waited on that. Uh, it was um, Rusty Wallace, who was my favorite driver. Um, Dale Jarrett. Uh, Dale Jr. and Tony Stewart. Okay. Uh, they were racing at Dover uh-huh. uh, that week, and this was in 2004. Uh, and they were brought up to the Brigada in Atlantic City, where I was working, and uh, had dinner and everything. But they were there to like, sign autographs and this, that, and the other thing, and so forth. And I got to meet those guys, and that's why I gained a little. Respect for Dale Jr. Um, and uh, Tony Stewart. Rusty Wallace and Dale Jarrett. Rusty, I, I followed his career uh, and whatnot. He uh, <clears throat> He's just a down-home boy. You know, Dale Jr. is just a down-home boy. Dale Jr. looked at me and goes, So uh, when we're done with dinner here, where is there a good place to just go hang out where I can just get a cold beer and play a jukebox mm. and shoot some pool? I'm like, well... I was like, I'm about done after you guys are done. I said, if you want, I'll take you to a cool little spot. And he's like, sure. 
as long as you get me back to this hotel, he goes, then we have a car taking us in the morning back down to Dover. I'm like, okay, uh, 40 minutes, I'll meet you in valet. Went out to the employee lot, mm. got the car, came up, picked up Dale Jr. and Tony Stewart. We went out to this place called uh, Skelly's High Point Pub in Napsika, New Jersey. What? Which is uh, exactly 2.5 miles uh, from the Brigada. You go out Route 30. Uh, yes, the same Route 30 that yeah, runs through Pittsburgh. Oh, I know. And, uh, and go out through the bay and get an Absecon, and it's a 24-hour bar. 24-hour? Oh, yeah, Atlantic City has 24-hour bars. Yeah, I worked at one. It was cool. Um, you know, and uh, and uh, we uh, sat there and two drank Budweiser and shot pool and played the jukebox Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> what, were his, what were some of his songs? Uh, a lot of country. I mean, <laughs> but like what, you know? Um, um, See, like a basic, like, Friends in Low Places guy. Did he get a little edgy with um, a little David Allen Coe? Like, it, uh, um, Good Run of Bad Luck was one I remember. Uh, George Strait. Okay. Uh, that was one. Um, there was, uh, there was some David Allen Coe played. There was some Garth played. There was some, um... Rascal Flats played. Rascal Flats. You know, that was when Rascal Flats was just getting started yeah. out. How about you know? George Jones? I don't remember. Does Dale like my favorite George Jones song? Which one's the that? The Race is On. Ah. <laughs> I don't remember that song that he played. Oh, man. I'm... Uh, I don't, I, I'm not saying it wasn't, but I mean, but it was Maybe funny. Maybe just sick of hearing cause, about cause it. Because the, bar, the bartender. Sick of hearing about racing. I, I walked in and the bartender knew me because that's where I would go, like mm-hmm. the girl I was with at the time. We would go up there after work and hang out and eat and have some drinks and then go back home. And um, I walked in and sat at the booth I normally sat at. And the bartender and the server, she goes, is that fucking Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Tony Stewart? I'm like, yes, it is. Mm-hmm. This is way long the night. This is, they wanted a cool little just dive bar to shoot some pool and play some music and drink some beers. So I says, I'll take you guys up here. And they're like, cool. <laughs> I was like, I told I was like, give me 45 minutes to close out. <laughs> and, I'll, uh... and then one night, <laughs> one night Jeff Gordon shows up and he's like, hey, waiter, where can I find a bunch of feral cats? <laughs> and you took him right out to the boardwalk, didn't you? <laughs> right, you totally did. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, go save your cats over here. You uh, got humane traps in the back of that number 24? Yeah, uh, <laughs> but no, I mean, I mean that, that's. I'll tell you some other stuff too later. Um, that I don't want to put on air. Oh man! Um, but yeah, um, it, it, it was it was a fun it was it was a fun night. I, I was I was out till five a.m. You know, and Jill's like, I think we should go back. We got to leave at like eight. <laughs> He's like, there's a car coming for us. Eight, take us back to Dover. He goes, he goes. I got practice tomorrow at three. Uh, three. That's fine. Whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Driving so, a car, man. Yeah, yeah. Just so get a coffee he, and freaking yeah, you know. right. He was good. He was good. No worries. Um, I'm sure he can handle himself. He can. He yeah. can. He drinks. A, it's Budweiser. Come on. It's Budweiser. It's yeah. But also, it's like, it's a sport that started with moonshine. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. So like, Budweiser's like nothing, man. 
Oh, he's, speaking he's, of that, speaking of this, where uh, there's the oh, video. There yeah. That's the video on uh, ESPN of the plane crash, uh, in uh, outside Bristol. That looks bad, man. It, it yeah, it's a plane crash. No, but I mean like the the amount of like burning that you know. I don't know. I'm happy. I'm happy that nothing bad happened to Dale. Yes, that, that would and have his been, family like, and his kids. You'd be bordering on like cursed territory. Yeah. You know, not that like you know his his dad died doing like what he, what he does loved. for a living. What he does for a living, exactly. Um, you know, he knew the risks. Um, doesn't happen to everyone every race though. So like you know, mm-hmm. that's some bad luck. That is, and yeah, man. So I just can't believe they broke into the Channel Two News with like, you know, it wasn't really local at all. Not at all. Um, Channel 2 does do more sports coverage than the other local channels, so maybe that was part of it, but it was Because like, Channel 2's got KD Pump. Exactly. And, they, they, and they've got an extra half hour every night because they go till 7. Mm-hmm. It used to be like, you know, KDK News till 7 and then the lottery drawing, but they, they had to switch it. So, uh, you want to talk about some bad luck? How about Jameson Tyone? We'll That's go back really on. We'll, we'll go back on some Pirates topics here. Real quick, Jameson Tyone's set to miss the 2020 season where he's already missed most of the 2019 season. Um, uh, Pirates should just get rid of everybody. He's going to have a second Tommy John surgery. They should keep Tyone. This, this kid can't. This kid can't catch a break. He he's already battled testicular cancer. Testicular cancer. He's had he's one had, Tommy John. He's on. He, he had got one hit Tommy in John. the face. He got hit in the. Base. He and plays for the Pirates. He plays for yeah. He's like the Frank Grimes of baseball. I mean, and you just root for him. Yeah, and that's why like the Pirates should clean house, but like leave leave a space for him. Yeah, I mean, even I mean, if he, there's no way that like they're gonna go through 2020 and be like, oh, we suddenly have like a full rotation of five major league quality starters for 2021, and we don't need you anymore, JMO. Like that's not gonna happen. No. So you know they will welcome him with open arms. Um, I don't want to see him get hurt anymore. No. But he sounds like he wants to keep playing and he wants to try. And he's come back from everything else. It would it would be a little ironic, I think, to like come back from cancer and from one Tommy John and from a really bad face injury inflicted by a line drive, and then to say like I'm sorry, I don't have it in me after another Tommy John. Right, you know, go go to camp at least and see how it feels. Um, he, by all accounts, is that's what he's gonna do, and it's it's a long recovery from that surgery. But like, think of how like his career would have been over if he hadn't had the first one. Before yeah. Tommy John surgery was invented, there was, you know, there was no recourse. Mm-mm. You know, you were done. You weren't gonna pitch. Now I can tell you right now that you you can recover from Tommy John. You cannot. And you you can recover from rotator cuff, but you're never the same. Rotator cuff is pretty much the end all be all when it comes to pitching. Yeah, if you have that issue. My dad had rotator cuff surgery when I played my first year of little league, so he was like he was an assistant coach, but he had to like throw the balls underhand into the infield. It's kind of funny. Oh yeah, you know. Ha ha! All the other coaches were like, oh. so uh, a little more baseball news. We have. Uh, and this happened against the Pirates. Uh, Albert Pujols, uh, now out there with the Los Angeles Angels, or Anaheim Angels. Where are they going under now? They are the Anaheim Angels? 
Okay. I think they uh, he recorded his three thousand one hundred and sixty seventh hit to pass Adrian Beltre uh, against the Buccos yesterday uh, evening afternoon, making him the <clears throat> making him most hits by a player born outside the United States. And Albert Pujols has been a pirate killer for years when he played in St. Louis. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and then now he's out in the Angels. And, you know, he's getting up there in age, baseball age. Uh, he is, you know, still talked about because I don't think the Angels can, like, release him or cut him because they owe him so much money. He'd be, like, upside down on his contract. It's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, there's that. So it's like we forget about him because he's in the AOS. We used now. to see him all the time. Yeah, now he's in the AOS, you know? and you barely ever see him unless he's I'm, on like Sunday yeah. Night Baseball. So and like they're really not a very good team lately. So there hasn't been much, you know, incentive to put them on national TV. No, I mean, I for, half the time I forget about him. Mike Trout too. You know about Mike Trout because Mike Mike Trout is the example that everyone always holds up. When they talk about how baseball isn't popular enough, you know, and it's like, oh, well, Mike Trout's like one of the best ever. And a lot of people don't even know who he is. And part of it is because it's the West Coast. It's, you know, it's on late. Um, And he's on the Angels. It's the Angels. Like, if he was on the Dodgers, a lot more people would know about Mike Trout. Yeah. Especially now with the Dodgers being. And Mike Trout just signed the highest. And and Mike Trout just signed the highest contract ever, three hundred and thirty million dollars. And he had to because Bryce Harper was going to kidnap him and make him come to Philly if he didn't. Dude, Bryce Harper signed three hundred million, and they were talking about Mike Trout, and his contract was up at the end of the season. I love I love and owning... Bryce. And Bryce Harper's like, "Hey, Mike Trout, Philly's a cool spot." And Mike Trout's from Jersey. Yeah, exactly. So I love it. I love it when I own a baseball team. And I hire a guy for $300 million, and he says, like, hey, you need another $300 million because Jersey. <laughs> you know what I yes. mean? Like, like, pump the brakes there a little bit, man. Like, I don't, I don't got to do that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have to. It, it, was, it was a fun story for, like, two days. Mm-hmm. And then the Angels were like, no, 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 we're going we're gonna to put this to bed right now. And he's, he's worth every penny of what Bryce Harper thinks he's worth. I don't know about all that. Like uh, that's why I was sitting there. Like we were looking at the contracts. Like if Bryce Harper gets three hundred million, Mike Trout better get four. Mike Trout got what three three thirty five or something like that, and he's worth every penny of it. Um, how about Chris Sale? Did you see what he did? I know, I, you, I know you don't follow the Red Sox. Oh, he got that. He got the strikeouts, right? Yeah, like fastest, youngest, youngest or fastest? Uh, fa- fastest. Uh, pitcher to uh, achieve 2,000 strikeouts in fewest innings. 1,626 innings. You know who's not impressed at all by that stat? Nolan Ryan. The entire Boston sports media. Because they're going to miss the playoffs. Uh, Yeah, they're looking that way. And it's not like Chris Sale did his whole damage with the Red Sox. It's not like he was like a lifelong Red Sox player. No. So, yeah, like it's it's great that he got a lot of strikeouts. Um, but, you know, it's about wins. 
And mm-hmm. especially in this this era of baseball where strikeouts are more common because guys don't care. Like, hitters don't care if they strike out. You know, like... Well, also... It's not... Like, small ball is going away. It's all about well, big jacks. Well, the thing is, with, with, with uh, baseball, you fail as a hitter seven out of ten times. Yeah, and you're still considered good. Yeah, and you hit... You hit three hundred in the major league baseball. You're you're making millions, right? And even if if you if you make, you know, if seven, okay, so you you make like seven outs for every ten at bats, you know, if four of those outs come by way of strikeout, like, what difference does it make? You know, the way the game is played these days, like, you get the strikeout because you're waiting for your pitch, you're working the count, the count goes deep, you know. You might get fooled on one pitch after fouling off like six. Okay? So, like, hitters try to work counts more and they try to go for home runs when they can. And I mean, everybody's got like 20 home runs at least this year. It's crazy. And pitchers are throwing junk. Mm. Pitchers are throwing junk. I, I, I've watched more, more pitchers throw junk in the last few years. Where they're bouncing the ball in front of the plate and getting guys to swing at it. Yeah. They're throwing low and away. Like really low and away and guys are swinging at it. You know, they're 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 throwing high and tight and guys are and they're jamming guys. Well they're throwing faster too. Well yeah, they're throwing in mid mid nineties. So you're you're keyed up to hit, you know, faster pitching than like, you know, your dad might have seen when he played. And My dad didn't play baseball. No, I'm okay. But, let's say you're Bo Bichette. Okay, yeah. your name is Bo Bichette, who's coming here with the Blue Jays next year, and you know, like the guys who are pitching to you are throwing faster on average by like four or five miles an hour than like what your dad had to face. There was so you're kid. you're keying up for a fastball, and when you don't get a fastball, like you know, you're still swing. You already started your swing, and you know, like the other thing is like. Maybe you want to hunt like a hanging breaking ball because you're swinging for the fences because that's what people do these days. See, I always... so like you see you see the spin and you gear up to swing, but then you you know you realize that whatever the pitcher threw is about to bounce and it's too late, you know. But guess what? You struck out and it doesn't matter because you're still going to bat 300. And if you keep your home run totals high, you're gonna you're gonna have a good slugging and a good OPS. And you know that's that's all that really matters. So so uh, let me tell you about this little movie I watched, and I paid the eight dollars to watch it on on demand. It's a lot of money for a movie. It was. I, I could have bought it for ten, but I don't think I wanted to own it for the rest of my life. And I'm about to switch out of Comcast and go back to another cable company anyway, because you know it's the three year cycle. Yeah, it's time. It's about time. <laughs> it's the three year cycle before mm-hmm. you you don't get any more deals, right? So, Joe Maganello, not oh, yeah. loving his own Joe Maganello, mm-hmm. uh, did a movie called The Bob and the Ninth. Okay. Uh, Sophia Varga, also his current wife, and played in the movie with him. Um, the basis of the movie was he was a Yankees prospect, uh, got into a bar fight one night. Guy ended up dead. He went to jail for like 17 years, came out of jail, was working at a fish company, and then the local minor league team that he actually played with whenever he was 19 years old 
you know, offered him coaching position, and he was able to, to that day, still like figure out what the pitcher was throwing mm-hmm. and whatnot. And it, it, it's a cool movie, right? But um, eight dollars, though, man. Uh, yeah, I did. I, I I bit the bullet. It's a little mm-hmm. high. I I bit the bullet. Um, but it was it was a non theater movie. It was one of those direct to like mm. whatever. So support a local guy. There you yeah, go. There you go. Uh, that's how I looked at it. He got eight dollars of my money. Congratulations, no, he Joe Magano. He did not get eight dollars. He got two. But <laughs> Comcast got a lot of money. <laughs> he got two, Comcast got six. Yeah. But um but no, like uh me as a left handed batter and facing right handed pitchers mm-hmm. and being able to pick up a grip of a ball and seeing what pitch is coming by the way the pitcher gripped the ball mm-hmm. and knowing how it was coming. Dude, I loved, loved curveballs. Yeah. Because that ball was coming in, was coming in at my head, and it would break at the last minute to the outside mm-hmm. from a right-handed pitcher, and I could just sit back on that ball and sit back and just wait for it and then just swing into it and then just... And just, you know, slap it opposite field, or I could wait, 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 and then take it, take it, uh, power right, mm-hmm. and you know, it was awesome. There was a kid that I played against in high school. His name was Ryan Douglas. He played for Canavan, and that kid was throwing mid nineties mm-hmm. in tenth grade. Like, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um. You know, I, I, I that that was probably the fastest, hardest ball I saw. Um, you know, when I played in college and whatnot, and played in a little bit of the minors, but it, it, that was that that kid was sick. <laughs> now you got guys that are throwing like uh, Felipe Vasquez. He's mm-hmm. throwing over a hundred. Yeah. You know, but he's only good for three batters. You know, he's your closer. He's your closer for a reason. Yeah, I mean it's you know it's a lot of work getting it you know throwing it that fast. And how do the Pirates have the number one closer again in Major League Baseball, but yet he hasn't pitched in a while because they haven't had a lead, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's is like, he the number one closer? Yeah, he's listed number one closer in Major League Baseball. It's ridiculous. It seems wasteful. Seems like they could have got something for him at the deadline. Yeah, you know, like to the Dodgers for mm-hmm. like a catcher and a couple infielders. I mean, anything really. Yeah. Just... Uh, you know, he's they got one year under. They they have him under contract for next year, so that's why. Uh, but in the meantime, though, how about uh, let's see, Landry Jones? Remember that guy? Yeah. Backup quarterback for the Steelers. Uh, Played a couple hell of a games that mm-hmm. he got in on and started on when Ben was injured. Uh, he signed with the uh, XFL yeah. reboot today. It's like the circle of life, man. So the Tom- XFL MVP the first time around. Yeah, yeah, Tommy Maddox. Tommy Maddox. Yep. So he was selling insurance. The Steelers got him. He was selling after, insurance. Well, yeah, he selling insurance. Then the XFL. Mm-hmm. And I remember when he came in for the, in that in that Steeler game, and uh, 
I was watching that game at the bar where I was working, and I was like, oh, man, this guy from the XFL, you know, like, oh, like, what's he going to do? And Lit it up is what he one, did. Well, one of our, one of our, like, there was a group that used to come just for Sunday games, like the 1 o'clock games, and, like, sit at the big table but right in front of the TV. And they were cool, and they, you know, like, they'd let me hang out if I wasn't busy. So I'm, I'm, you know, not that they let me, but, I mean, my boss didn't care if I was, like, you know, being chatty with the right. customers. That's how you make your um, money. Well, I wasn't even earning tips. Like, I was working in the back. But, um, you know, we weren't busy, and the people were cool because they would wait till halftime to put in their food order. You know, so we're watching this game together, and I'm just like, oh, this guy's from the XFL. What's he going to do? And Steve just stands up and just gets in my face, and he's like, he was the MVP of the XFL. The and you time. know what? Like, Maddox was better than I expected. He was. He was actually the Steelers starter for, what, two years? And like then, a year and a half. And then uh, he lost, when Ben was a rookie, mm. he was supposed to like sit behind Maddox and carry a clipboard, and Maddox got injured. And Maddox like, broke his arm in the first game against Baltimore. Yeah, first game. And then, and then Ben went 15 and... Uh, the Steelers went 15 and 1 that year, and Ben. Ben went undefeated. Ben went undefeated until they met the Patriots cheating in the AFC Championship game. Uh, was that the Rodney Harrison interception game? Yeah. Yeah, it was. But yeah, so Landry Jones, good for you. Signed with the XFL. He's going to be the MVP of the XFL. Like, the Steelers took an MVP away from the XFL. And yeah. it is their karmic responsibility to put one back. Right. So that's what's happening here. So how about uh, another one? Uh, how about A-Rod? Alex Rodriguez. What about him? Uh, he had his birthday party on ESPN? <laughs> no. He, he was in San Francisco uh, for baseball tonight and whatnot. And he had a rental car. Okay. And he had too much shit in the rental car. Yeah. And he got broken into. Oh, no. $500,000 worth of jewelry and other items. What an asshole. Stolen from his really? metal car. Man. So, we all know that Le'Veon Bell had two girlfriends. We'll, we'll, we'll use, we're using air quotes here. Two girlfriends uh, steal $500,000 worth of jewelry and other items from his apartment as he left them in the morning naked in his bed uh and went to work out uh girlfriends and and uh whatnot but a-rod had 500 grand worth of jewelry and other items stolen from his rental car in san francisco do not know where his car is parked don't know what location it was but it was in san francisco and he had 500 grand worth of shit stolen my question is, why do you have $500,000 worth of fucking jewelry? In your car. In your car! Like, I, I mean, I can understand why you would have it. Like, it's an investment. I can understand, like, you park on your street. You have on-street parking in Brookline. Mm-hmm. I can understand Matt coming home and be like, fuck, I'm in a hurry, I gotta do this. And you leave your brand new iPhone sitting on your seat in your car. Have you seen me? Uh, I know you. I'm not going to be away from my phone for more than like a couple minutes. Right. But 
I'll get the umbrella and go out in the rainstorm right. to go get right, my right. phone if I leave it in but, my car. But, like, you left your phone on the seat of your car mm. quickly because you had to go pee really fast mm. or something at the house. And you and then you go into the house, you do your thing, and you're like, fuck, I left my phone in the car. And you go back out to your car, and somebody busted your car window and took your iPhone. I get that. That's just, like... Dumb luck, stupidly. It's happened. I've seen it happen. Whether it be Brookline, Dormont, Mount Lebanon, fucking Bellevue, you know, Westview, whatever. But, like, why now, would you have that much of anything? But why would you have 500 grand worth of fucking jewelry and other items in your car? How do you insure something? Like, you know, you got car insurance. Did you take the extra car insurance when you rented the car? I mean, if I'm able Who? Takes the extra car shirts when you rent a car. I always assumed that if I had A-Rod's money that I would just be able to take that all the time. You know? Same with like, oh, I'm booking a flight. Do I want travel insurance? Yeah, sure. I'm A-Rod. I can afford it. So. So what are you saying here, man? Like. I want to know. Is he like hiding? Do you think he's like hiding jewelry from J-Lo because he's got like another girlfriend on the side? I want to know, was it his World Series ring? What, they didn't specify what kind of jewelry no, it was? No, they said 500000 mm. And let's, let's like, not be dumb about jewelry. Like, shit's expensive. Yeah. Like, I'm oh, sitting yeah, here, yeah. I'm sitting oh, yeah, here okay. picturing, like, Scrooge McDuck in his money bin, <laughs> and I, I think it actually might just be, like, a bracelet that costs that much. So, I mean, you know, we've heard of former athletes... Having their Super Bowl rings, World Series rings, Stanley Cup rings stolen out of a hotel room, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And honestly, if you've ever met any of these guys that have those rings, they barely wear them. They do. Uh, Jerome Bettis, last time I met, met him, he didn't have his on. Um... They wear them for events. They wear them for their charity events. They wear them, you know, they don't, they're not day-to-day. Heinz Wards are, you know, in a cabinet at his house in the box that is underneath a security camera and locked. <laughs> you know, um, you know, uh, who was it? Uh, one of the 70 Steelers. I think it was Mel Blunt, actually. Mm. was at an event in Georgia and had all four of his rings stolen from his hotel room. He was there for an event and whatnot, and he had them in his hotel room, and he left his hotel room and whatnot. The rings were stolen. That was found out to be like a employee of the hotel went and stole the fucking rings. You know, mm-hmm. when you go to a pawn shop, hey, I have all four of Mount Blunt's you know, Super Bowl rings. What do you give me for them? Ah, nothing because they're hot. <laughs> uh, but like, <laughs> I actually saw a Pawn Stars about a Super Bowl ring not too long ago. Ah, uh, I love that show. And it, so. I know you do. And like, it's it's always great that it's on because I don't I don't get History Channel. Right, but you get it. But, at, but at there's 3 that, that three a.m. on they WPXI. Ever, and they, sometimes they change their lineup of the syndicated programming and. It's my favorite show to watch. Like, they always have cool stuff on there. Yeah. But, like, you know what Rick Harrison would say if you brought a Super Bowl ring? Like, 
he would say, I need to know more about it. I'm going to get my guy. Yeah. And the guy would come and he would be like, well, you know, this is like the Bears, like 85. Like, guess what? Like, everyone in the freaking staff from, like, the quarterback down to the peanut vendor got a ring. Like, it's not that big of a deal. Um, you know, or yeah, like, they might they might have, like, a, a hot ring advisory. I don't, I don't know. Um, you know, you feel for the guys who have to, you know, pawn their rings. But at the same time, like... When you went to the beach as a kid, like, your, your parents probably let you buy, like, a cool t-shirt, like, you know, Calvin, like, drinking a bottle of vodka or something. Like, and you don't have that shirt anymore, but you still have the memories. I do! You know, the mem- the memories of winning the Super Bowl are more valuable than any ring that you might have. I actually... Until you spend all your money on cryotherapy and novelty helmets. So, th- so there was a period of time in my life where I actually bought up championship rings I did um as an investment uh to pick up chicks okay <laughs> <laughs> wait you're not that guy who was impersonating Ben Roethlisberger are you no I was not impersonating Ben okay. Roethlisberger but so I I was in Vegas and I was in another city and I lived, well, I also lived in Atlantic City. You know, I live in Brigantine now, next Atlantic City. But I, uh, occasionally there would be championship rings available, and they were staff rings. And they even had, like, on-air staff and whatnot. And, um, I, and we all know there's two championship rings. There's the, the ones that have the real diamonds and the real stones, and they're the, you know, Gold or platinum or whatever mm-hmm. that the players and executive staff and this that, and the other get, but everybody that works for the organization gets a ring. So that, that, that so they one they would have staff on it whatnot. So I I picked up a few at one point in time, and I paid somewhere around like between two and three thousand dollars for them, and um, I would wear them, and you know I'd be out at a bar or whatnot, and girls like oh uh, would you? I was like ah, I was like I you know. I was like, I, I worked on the staff. I wasn't part of the team, but whatever. And it worked. It was great. Um, got to bang a lot of checks doing it. But, uh, you know, but then, so I was in Vegas. Steve, like, <laughs> that might have been your, like... Oh, that was... That was, like... That was early 2000s. Like, you didn't... They, they... The women who had sex with you had sex with you because they wanted to have sex. They were not, like, entranced by this ring, okay? like <laughs> It started a conversation. It started a conversation, but so could actually having, like, an interesting thought. Right? <laughs> so I was in Vegas one time, and I uh, found, actually, at the Golden Silver Pawn Shop, before they had a show. Before they had a show. Before they had a show. Did you get frisked? Did you get patted down? I did not. Um, Whenever I watch it with Julia, she's always like, how do these people just walk in there with these firearms? And I'm just like, they have a bouncer. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's right? a guy there. I and mean, he's in a couple episodes. Yeah. But he's not in every episode. Antoine. you got to pay attention. Yeah. You'll see Antoine. Yeah. Like, I'm assuming that, like, if you walk in there with freaking, like, AR, he's going to at least check it to make sure <laughs> yeah, it's not loaded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? And they can't buy anything before 1890 anyway. So, um... <laughs> That's how much I watch the show. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no. So I found a Dodgers ring. 
mm-hmm. 88 World Series Dodgers ring, which oh, man. was, you know, game one was the Kirk Gibson game, the mm-hmm. walk-off home run, mm-hmm. limping on the field, whatever, right? Oh, yeah. So I found the Dodgers ring, and I'm looking at it, and it was a higher price than I was looking to pay, but I did good at some of the tables. And it was a player ring, so it was the real deal. And I bought it. And I had it. I wore it a few times. Whatever. Obviously, everybody knew that in 1988, I was 12. Um, <laughs> so, I did not work for the organization. I did you could not have been play. a bad boy. I, I could have been a bad boy. Yeah. You know, but it had a name on it. So, the name on it, and so forth... I did some research and come to find out that the guys whose ring it was was a player, mm-hmm. and he had a bad after baseball life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, just like every other thing you find in a pawn shop, right? Like it could just be some collector looking to move something, or like get into collecting something different, or it could be like you know someone desperate who like didn't want to get rid of it but just really needed the money. Yeah. And that's why I like don't like going to pawn shops. So he um so after a while, uh he resurfaced with working for ESPN mm-hmm. as a baseball an- analyst, analysis and also announcer. And I went ahead and emailed um Mike and Mike mm-hmm. and said, Hey, I have this ring. He now works for ESPN. It's his ring. Does he want it back? Was it Oral Hershiser? No. Um, and he uh, and they emailed me back says we will forward this on to him, and so forth. Well, then two days later, I get an email back that says, "Oh my God, I thought it was gone forever." Blah blah blah. blah. He's like, "Where are you located?" I was like, "Jersey." And he goes, "Awesome." He says, I'll actually be in Philly doing a game. Come out. I'll have tickets for you. This that other thing. We met. We met for lunch. And uh, when I went to the game, and I said, look, I says, this is what I paid for it. It's your ring. Whatever you want. It's, it's yours. Mm-hmm. And he says, all right, cool. And he said, yeah, yeah, let me uh, see what I can do and make a few moves. And then he says, who are you a fan of? This is born and raised in Pittsburgh. I'm a Pirates fan by the mall, so a Red Sox fan. Well, <laughs> this is how I got to game. This is how I got to go to game 404. Oh, wow. Really? <laughs> Man. They were doing the playoffs. Yeah. Game 404 in Boston. I got to sit in a private suite in Fenway Park during that. And that's where he gave me the money to purchase his ring back off me. And then I got to go to the game. He also paid for my hotel. And Wait, game, game four of the playoffs? Or the... Yeah, game four, oh, so four, when ALCS. Okay, so the first game of the comeback. Yep. Okay. When their Sox were down 3-0. Mm-hmm. Okay. Game four, oh, four. Awesome. Yep. And that's how I got to go to that game. Um, nice, man. And... I just, he gave me the money, I gave him his ring back, and I got a 
two nights in Boston and that game, and it was awesome. That is awesome. Hell yeah, man. So yeah. So you got to work in a freaking Dale Earnhardt story. You got you got to go bar hopping with Dale Earnhardt and Tony Stewart, and that wasn't even like the best story that you had to tell tonight. <laughs> Sorry. Man, and like, you know, you, you wonder why people don't want to talk about the pirates. Okay? Because, like, there's nothing interesting to say. Please just, like, let's, like, replace all pirates talk for the rest of the season with, like, you know, your best, your best, uh, you know, celebrity meet and greet stories. You know, somebody posted a picture the other day of Sean Astin. Because mm-hmm. um, he's filming. What show's he in now? Uh, the one that's from the or it's based out of Pittsburgh, but I can't remember. Yeah, he's filming that movie right now, or, or that it's, show. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. He's local. I, I saw something local. He was on some interview lately. Uh, but yeah, and and I commented back on the one Pittsburgh page. It was like, hey, you know, I got to meet Sean Astin in two thousand and four. I had him sign his check. I, I would hand guys two checks, and I'd be like, "Hey, one you have to sign for the restaurant. Mm. If you wouldn't mind signing the other one for me, that'd be awesome." And he was like, "All right, cool, yeah, no problem." And his check was like seventeen dollars, and he tipped me twenty on it, which was awesome. But he signed it as Sean Aston, and in parentheses, Sam. I'm like, man, I wanted Rudy. <laughs> Like I, I, you're not a like, Hobbit guy. You're a Notre Dame guy. Like I, I wanted Rudy. I didn't want Sam. See, that's the thing. Like, I'd I'd be fine with either. But if you know, if he had signed it as Rudy, then it would obviously be something suitable for framing and giving to my dad for the next, you know, Father's Day or birthday. Yeah. Um, I have that signature and that check still. The check is faded because it's on thermal paper. Yeah. But his signature's still there. Oh, cool. But um, it's in a box right now but yeah I, but yeah it, it's just some of the things that you come up with over the years and you look for and whatnot there's i mean and being a server and bartender over the last 25 years i've met a lot of really cool interesting people and you know what my favorite people to take care of are not the ones that make millions of dollars a year are not the ones that do that they're the ones that save three paychecks mm. to come out to the restaurant or bar I work at to have a really great evening for an anniversary or a birthday or something else like that. Yeah. And they're always the ones that take care of you the best. I mean, I have several, several encounters with people that are well-known and are not always the nicest so it happens it happens it happens in any business yeah like not everyone's nice you know no unfortunately across all walks of life across all professions you know some people are dicks Mm -hmm. that they are now having a lot of money like helps you be a dick you know there are fewer consequences when you have a lot of money but you know People know. I'm still people, trying to figure people out. People know their dicks. I'm still trying to figure out how Antonio Brown, out of Ross Township, over 100 miles an hour on a Porsche, ended up with just a regular 
beating uh, a good lawyer, a failure to adhere to a traffic control. A good device. lawyer, and by the time, <laughs> because by the time he had to go to court, he was already out of town. Yep. And like the why would the court system want to prolong? You know, like they're like, oh, the Steelers are done with him. The Steelers don't have to worry about him anymore. Like, why should I? Like. <laughs> Let's just Trust give me. this guy. Let's I've, just give this guy whatever slap on the wrist. I and, grew up in North Hills. I've dealt with the Ross Township Police Department over the years a few times. I've never been pulled over at Ross. I got pulled over once in Westview. Oh, it was the scariest night of my life. <laughs> I know who pulled you over too. I don't think you do, Dick. <laughs> no, he was The cop was nice. It was just that if he had actually like looked in the car at all, he wouldn't have been nice, or he would have been nice, but he would have been like. It's time to go to jail, Matt. Westview Jail. Uh, which is not a fun spot, by the way. I bet. I, I wouldn't know, but I'm sure you have some experience. <laughs> Once or twice. And my and my son lives in Westview. So he's yeah. he's had a few oh. uh, run-ins uh, in his teenage years. Now he is an established... Uh, my son is an established figure in the... Uh, Quail Fire Department, and with the Westview guys and so forth. Yeah, so, you know. we all grow up. Yeah, we all grow up, and we all don't do dumb shit. Shit, I'm bartending back at a fucking brewery in Bellevue. Yeah, a block from where I grew up. <laughs> you know, yes, Lincoln Avenue Brewery. Come check me out. I've been uh, wanting to, man. Like Wednesdays, just, Thursdays, and Saturdays. Well, that's I, when I work. You my can last. Go. My last two weekends have been very... Or sorry, last weekend and this one coming up are just... Jam-packed? I'm jammed. Yeah, I'm all jammed up. But maybe the Saturday after next, like, you know, little, little afternoon. A little, little afternoon. Cheese, cheese board and oh, yeah. a couple pints. Charcuterie board a couple pints? No worries there. I got you, Dan. I got you. Awesome. All right, folks. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm sure you've had enough of Matt and I rambling on about no, bullshit. Never. Enough. <laughs> it's, it's all good. It's all good. It's always good content. Uh, but thank you all very much. Uh, we're gonna end episode 92, uh, which we dubbed this the uh, you know James Harrison, Jason Gildon, Jerry Olsaski. Don't forget Rick Tockett and Thomas Falcone, Pittsburgh Pittsburgh guys who wore that number 92. And then, of course, the great one, Reggie White and Michael Strahan uh, as well. Thank you, folks, very much. And we will uh, be back next week with episode 93. We just got to figure out some numbers to put with that. Have a good evening. Enjoy it. Hey, Ian's. Thanks for listening to Bold Sports. You can always listen at Sorgatron Media's on Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever you uh, love to listen to podcasts. Make sure to catch us every Wednesday for your recap and breakdown of your favorite local sports and news of the weekend for the upcoming game expectations. You can contact us at Steve Renault on Twitter, at MMTasty on Twitter, or at BoldPGH on Twitter. Hashtag BoldSports. BoldPittsburgh on the Facebook or BoldPGH.com.